the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome to everybody who's listening or who's watching on the video cast. This is Bob Moffat, and you're with us on The Kingdom and Its Stories. And the other name we use for this is The Hands and Feet of Jesus. And, um, and in this interview series, we interview friends and colleagues um, who can help us by their own examples to understand what it means to be Jesus' hands and feet. Because this is probably, at least in my view, one of the most effective ways to draw people toward Jesus and his kingdom. And uh, sometimes we we just we think that the main way is to preach or to talk, and um, and maybe from your own life experience you recognize how in our culture today sometimes that preaching and talking without the demonstration of or a consistency between the lifestyle of what we preach and talk and the way we live is really um, something that draws people away from Jesus rather than drawing him towards him. And so uh, in this series, we interview uh, people who can tell us about their experience of being Jesus' hands and feet, not to honor them. No, it's to be an example to give us illustrations of what that looks like in the lives of others so that can challenge us to be better at being Jesus' hands and feet. And with us today, I have a colleague that have known Brian for how many years? Eric? It's probably, it's probably been 15, 20 years now. Yeah. And, uh, and Eric um, is a, a chaplain with the U.S. Army. And has been since you know, almost, I think, since I've known him. And um, and uh, so, Eric Bryan, we're delighted to have you with us today. So thank you very much. Glad yeah. to be here. Tell us, who is Eric? Yeah, good question. I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Um, <laughs> I am Eric Bryan. <laughs> I am uh, 49 years old as of last week. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I've been married to my wife, Jody for 22 years. 
Um, we have four children. Um, but beyond that, I'm not just married man. I'm not just a father. I am, um, I'm Eric. I, Eric means prince. And my, my mother reminded me that uh, when she's still living, that the reason she named me prince is because of my Swedish heritage. And uh, she remembered me that I was called to do something special in my life. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um, I, I'm a child of God. I am one of his called out people. I think I've come to realize that more and more ever since I was a child. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of who I am. I'm a prince. I'm a husband. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a man working um, to follow Jesus with all of my heart. Well, as a chaplain in the army, how, you know, what are some other than the obvious ways uh, of the image that we have in our minds uh, of the role of a chaplain in the military, how, how do you, how do you be Jesus' hands and feet? What are some examples? Sure. Well, one of the fun parts of being an army chaplain is that you get to be with soldiers. And I emphasize with soldiers. It's mm -hmm. um, a little bit different um, personality that maybe a chaplain might have in the Navy or the Air Force or the Marine Corps as a Navy chaplain, where you're kind of assigned to a ship, you're assigned to a, a chapel. Army chaplains are known for being out with soldiers in the thick of things. Okay. In the, in the trenches with people in the in combat, um, with with soldiers um, in garrison. Um, so we fill a lot of roles. But when I think of the word with, I think of Emmanuel, Jesus being with us. Um, and with is the word that sticks out to me when I think about how I define myself as an army chaplain. So what are some examples of being with? Uh, let's see. Um, Today, for example, I had to do or endure a very long business meeting. <laughs> it wasn't the most glamorous thing, but you know, there are a lot of people in life, a lot of business people, a lot of hardworking corporate people who've got to be in a long meeting all day long. And sometimes just being with someone in the thick of things and um, planning, organizing, organizing a community of religious affairs, um, uh, so that's one example. I also think of, of the other things where I've been before. I've been in Korea, I've been in Afghanistan, I've been in South Carolina, I've been in Kentucky, I've been in New York, um, and now I'm in Germany. Um, we get to be with soldiers and their families while they're stationed overseas. And that being with means being involved in their lives? And what, what does that mean, being with? Yeah, yeah, that's... That's, that's good. So when I think of the U.S. Army right now and its soldiers and its families and its people, I'm thinking, what is, the, what is one of the most pressing needs they have? And I think that is connection. We have a lot of nice technology. We've got a lot, a lot of nice things to do and places to go and events to have. Um, but connection and being with people is, is very important. Practically, when I get think, what does that mean? To me, that means eating with people, being with people in our stairwell. We have, I live in a four-story apartment building right now, and one of the practical, very practical arms and feet I, ways I see of Jesus is, is bringing a meal to someone in your own apartment building. 
Um, someone that may not be a part of your church community, may not be part of your um, life, but right. they're my neighbor. But they're they're my neighbor. And when we just arrived in Stuttgart um, this past um, the past month, I was very impressed by what God was already doing. Um, I had two neighbors came up, invited me and my family over to their house for dinner. Um, another family just brought us a um, a nice baked piece of bread right is using the tool that she had and she's brought it over just very proud all things um very intentional about owning your neighbors knowing the people in your in your stairwell so those are some of the things that we come to mind think of building connection building rapport with people being a family to someone who is overseas when all of our families all of our blood families are back in the states I see the arms and feet of Jesus out being out being an extended family right here, right where you're living. Right. Yeah. So Eric is a chaplain. You're, you're ministering, I would say, you know, I, I would guess, uh, to a group of believers. Not only the believers, but, um, but is it true that you have a, a congregation or a group of believers that that you lead on the base? Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, I okay. do have so, a group of believers. There's a, um, a a Protestant evangelical church, a, a chapel that meets on several of our bases, and um, I co-serve with that with another chaplain. Uh, we okay. lead some services. We preach. We, we do teaching. We equip. Um, so but I would say that my ministry is not just to the believers. I, I would wholeheartedly say it's it's to be Jesus' presence to the whole community, if that makes sense. Okay, so, yeah, it does. Um, but as the leader of a group of believers on the base, do you, do you work intentionally at equipping them to be Jesus' hands and feet in their lives? And if you do, how do you do that? Absolutely. So just this past week, it's funny you mentioned this, we... Um, I met with 15 other pastors, chaplain pastors. Yes. Um, some of them are uh, soldiers, non-commissioned officers who aren't former ordained soldiers. And we met 15 of us in a room. And we talked about, let's assess the needs of this community. So I had the real privilege to lead the training. I was just, I'm just brand new here, but my boss thought enough of me and said, hey, that's your job. Go get them. And so we had um, an honest, frank discussion about let's lay out all the practical needs of this base. What is unique to Stuttgart different than any other military base? Right. And on top of that, we kind of challenged each other. Hey, go out and ask the people on this base what they think the needs are, not just what we think the needs are. Right. Go out and ask people who work in the hospital. Go ask the people who work in the school, the guidance counselors. Go ask the work the people that work at Pizza Hut. Go hmm. ask your German neighbors what they what their perceptions are. So we had a fascinating talk, um, and uh, we started to pool those thoughts. Think where's the most strategic place that we can invest in this community, right? And we had a fun idea that kind of came up. One was, you know, we have this hotel where all the new people are. Wouldn't it be fun? New, new people coming on base? Pardon me? New people coming on base? Uh, 
new people transitioning into Stuttgart. Okay. It's a transient hotel. And so uh, it's filled to the max with people coming in the summer and even right now. But it's it's a base where every it's a it's a hotel on base where every new soldier, every new family member, every child coming right. in is going to be here. So I thought, how fun would it be to make a first impression with them by having just a simple breakfast that we would cook for them? Have a couple omelet stations, um, just to welcome them, greet them, make them feel like right. they have a nice right. warm breakfast. Because uh, you know, army food, Bob, is just not the best. So really, get some real cooks out there. <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just a first, a fun first impression that you could do to really love people where they're at. Yeah, I I love that. So, so this is something in the planning stage, right? Right. And what's your role going to be in it? Come on, putting you on the spot now. Fan the flame. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. I love that. Fan the flame. Yeah. yeah. Some sometimes on our program we ask what's happening. Now we're getting a chance to be actually a part of the planning process or observe it, you know, and I, I like that. Um, Eric, how about, how about your family? No, I know you didn't know that I was going to ask this question. So um, what are some of the ways that you encourage your kids and your family to be Jesus hands and feet? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a boy who's, Three inches and taller than me than now. He's six foot two. He's going to Boys College. Uh, I had the fun, fun opportunity of sending him out to meet your production assistant, David Haneke, this past summer, where he was a videographer behind uh-huh. David. Okay. And he traveled to Mexico with David and he took some video of a great local church in Mexico City being in the arms and feet of Jesus. That's my son. Um, I've got two teenage daughters behind that son. Okay. Who are 16 and 14. And right now, it's all about the high school drama life. How do you wear the right clothes? How do you fit in with kids? And honestly, Bob, it's been really hard for them to leave Texas, our last place where we lived. Right. You move to Europe and find new friends and try to have any kind of sense of routine. Uh, Right now, me and my wife are candidly just being intensely present with our daughters, listening to them, hearing what life is like as a 16-year-old in the 2022 in a COVID uh, time that is very difficult when you're wearing masks every day in school. It's really hard for kids. Yeah, it is. You know, Eric. Mm -hmm. Being a dad, um, when you tell me that story, I get emotional. Could I pray right now for your kids? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Father, I just pray for Eric and Jody's kids. Lord, how tough it must be. How hard it must be for those teenage girls to go from Texas to go to Germany where they don't know anybody, where they're so sensitive about how they look and how they're coming across, and where they don't know people. 
Lord, I pray that you would give Eric and Jody the wisdom to know how to not only love those girls and encourage them, but encourage them in the midst of their struggle to be able to reach out to others. Father, bless Eric and Jody with your grace and your wisdom for their girls. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome, brother. You're so welcome. Well, tell me. Um, well, before we go on, I'm getting flashed. I have to to tell people who we are here. We are the kingdom and its stories, and we're uh, interviewing colleagues and friends who have some experience of being Jesus' hands and feet, not to honor them, but to encourage us and to set examples for us to how we can how we can um, better be Jesus' hands and feet. So, Eric, you're in the military. Um, I'm not. I've never been. Um, I was in the Peace Corps. That was my alternative uh, to military service. Actually, I got my Peace Corps invitation two days before I got my draft notice. (laughs) And my draft board allowed me to go in the Peace Corps instead. So, Um, but as a, as a chaplain looking at the civilian population and being a pastor, a chaplain is a pastor. How, how would you encourage us um, to think creatively about being Jesus hands and feet? Well, the word that has been hugely on my mind this past month as I've moved is the, is the word hospitality. Um, I guess if I wanted to encourage um, people who know the military or maybe you've been former military or, uh, you know, you always are a Marine at heart, I guess, or you always, you are always a soldier, but, but hospitality is a word that, um, um, has the root word hospital in the middle of it. And so I, I think of, you know, sometimes people think I've got to have everyone over at my house all the time. I've got to always have the door open. And I don't, I don't know if that's what it means to be hospitable. I think it means to have an attitude of, of welcoming, of using your home as a strategic place of ministry doing with what you can and you can't open your home every night, but maybe you can one or two nights a week or whatever fits for your lifestyle. Um, But one thing I've learned in the military and I pass on to my civilian friends is hospitality means a whole lot. Mm. When I was a young soldier, I was stationed overseas in Germany, ironically, about 25, 30 years ago. And there was a group of people who opened up their home to me. Um, That made a huge huge difference in my life. Mm. Having a home cooked meal sometimes goes a long way. And, and that's where I first, I think I really saw the arms and feet of Jesus in a very practical way with a meal, with a, a home, people that just welcome me into their home. Um, so that's what I would say to your, to your friends and all who are listening is don't be afraid to practice the impossible. Right. Yeah. And it, it doesn't have to be a gourmet meal, does it? 
<laughs> can be cookies and milk. You know, last couple nights ago, real simple, and this is just to give God all the credit. Um, it turns out that we met a friend here in Stuttgart that I knew 25 years ago in the Army when I was at a different location in Naples, Italy. Mm. He was a senior colonel at the time, and I was a brand new lieutenant, and he was just one of the highest ranking guys on post. Well, anyways, now he's retired. He's stationed here in Stuttgart. Right. I come in as a chaplain now, and this God-ordained moment, we said, hey, sir, would you like to come over and have dinner with our house? Granted, we don't have any furniture. <laughs> right. We had this little makeshift table, and I felt so weird because here I am, the guy who's just, I'm a young lieutenant. He's still the curl in my mind. But he was so happy just to be in our presence. So we had a most Amen. delightful night. Amen, Eric. Just a God-ordained moment. And you know the cool thing about it? Wow, this is really cool. He's going to give us his car. <laughs> what? He's getting ready to leave to go back okay. to the States. And he goes, right. Eric, I know you don't have a car. I'm going to give you my old 2000 Mercedes. Wow. So it was just kind of a, a really beautiful moment that happened just last Friday night. Right. I think sometimes we make trying to serve being so complicated. Um, and complex when, in fact, it's really very simple. And I think that, that one of the things I'm taking away from our interview today is that it's not complicated. It's being present with people. It's being the, you know, the meeting people in the stairwell. It's, um, inviting them over for dinner or being invited and accepting the invitation for dinner. It's just being with people because people are, especially when they come from another place, they're disoriented, they're lonely, and they need to know that Jesus loves them, even though they don't know that Jesus is loving them. I, I think sometimes, you know, we think, we have to be real transparent about or, or pushy about, okay, we're being the hands and feet of Jesus. When I, I think sometimes it's, it's, they don't need to know that. They'll discover it later. And uh, I think when the disciples began to follow Jesus, they didn't know who he was. They knew he was something special. And that's why they wanted to follow him. But it wasn't, it wasn't because, um, you know, that he was a billboard personality. It was, he was somebody interesting enough to follow. And so when he said, follow me, they did. And, uh, and I, I think that being Jesus' hands and feet is a lot like that. Mm -hmm. Well, Eric, can, can you think of other stories that you could share with us of of um of in your career as a as an army chaplain you personally or you have you encouraged some of your troops to to follow jesus in being his hands and feet yeah i'm thinking right back now to, to fort hood texas our last assignment um there's a really neat place off post called the Christian Hospitality House. Okay. 
they call it the Soldier's Hospitality House. And it's a place where soldiers can come off base and just be with a real family and get away from the military environment. And a really cool thing happened recently where a, a soldier had his, he was a gift of playing the piano. And basically he did a little fundraiser to show Jesus's arms and feet um, through his piano playing to build a new roof for this house. So just a really neat example of a soldier using his gift of piano playing to fundraise the purchase of a new house. I thought that was pretty cool. All right. That's a great example. Yes. Yeah. Eric, thank you for being with us this morning. Um, really appreciate that, especially all the way from Germany. I know it's hard for you to get here to your computer in time uh, to, to make this. This yeah, is a priority. Thank you. And thank you so much for praying for my daughters. That really meant a lot to my father's heart. Um, much appreciated. Well, I do have a father's heart, too. God bless you. And for those of you who are listening, we want to thank you for being with us this morning. And we want to encourage you to creatively think, not just in general, but today. Who is living near you who's lonely? You know, who are you going to see at the grocery store? Who could you encourage? Who can you reach out to to be Jesus' hands and feet? Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.